what is the most important thing that you can teach your kids? Do you trust me? Hey guys, he's Matt. And she's Molly. Welcome to the Out of Control Podcast. Where we give you permission to live live an an out of control control life. life. That's not always easy. And that's why there's lots to talk about. All right, so we are back with another podcast here. And we're going to talk about a topic that we love, which is parenting. And so if you don't have kids, but you're going to have kids in the future, this will hopefully be super valuable for you. If you and have I think kids. everyone interacts with kids. Yeah. You know what? That's a good point. Even you if you be a teacher, a doctor, an aunt, an are uncle. an influencer of kids, this we think is going to be very valuable. I don't hear a lot of people talk about this topic. No, I don't either. Okay. So... And about this aspect when raising kids. Yeah. There's a lot of things I hear people talk about that's important about raising kids. And we're going to talk about a lot of those. But we're going to talk about the one we think is... If you had to pick the... Most important Most important. Yeah. Yeah. And where some situations can make it hard for this to happen. So we'll we'll maybe address that. But we're going to... Continue with our interesting facts. Interesting facts. So our interesting fact for Molly is that she. Okay, all you'll soon learn this about me. Mm-hmm. I will, or they will. They will. Oh, okay, I was You're hoping I already this. know that. Okay. All roads lead back to Harry Potter. Oh. So my interesting fact is I'm a Gryffindor. Oh. And my favorite character is Luna Lovegood. Okay. And here's one of my favorite quotes. Okay. I'm ready. Being different isn't a bad thing. It means you're brave enough to be yourself. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. So. So I'm like uh, Harry Potter resistant. and You humor me. I do humor you. I don't not like Harry Potter. It's just when you, you've been exposed to something that someone loves like so much. And it's just kind of a... Mm, thing for you it, it 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 can cross over to being something you resist <laughs> so i'm in the resistance but you should accept i should i and should just surrender, surrender. <laughs> like our last week if you didn't listen to last week's podcast or last uh, podcast go listen to it uh we think it was a good one so and interesting our next podcast yes should be harry potter we should okay we do have a good topic all for that. all of the that's right okay so we're going to tease our next podcast already no we'll tease that at the end okay but just just know we'll trip in that harry potter okay all right okay so that will be a harry potter fans podcast and we will i will i will not resist and <laughs> we will cover harry potter and being out of control so let's let's uh oh my interesting thing is i almost died yeah i know i know oh okay yeah. i know you know? Okay. Um, so I actually, as I mentioned before, I worked in a sewer. Um, I've actually almost died a couple times, but I'm going to tell one of them today. I think I know which one. Okay. So I was working in a sewer and um, we were actually doing the sewer under PNC Park, uh, which is a park in Pittsburgh. And uh, it's where I believe the Pirates play, the baseball team. And so what, what happens normally when you reline a sewer, so the way a sewer works is, because you're all are totally wondering how He's sewers He's talking work. with his hands. Yes. We can't see him. Is <laughs> that there's there's like, you know, a, a, a big hole, right? A big tunnel. 
And what they do is they put rebar in and then they spray something called shotcrete. So it's like a it's like a, a concrete coming out of a hose and a gun with pressure. And it mixes with water at the end and then that makes it so it can mix and harden. So we were what we do is we would tear out the bad concrete, we put the rebar in, and then and and then we spray in the concrete. And so um, I've got all sorts of crazy stories from this world this time. Um, but one time we were down in the hole and because we were doing it under PNC Park, you would normally just go like hole to hole. So you'd only go like maybe 50 feet at a time. You were saying so many, that's what she said jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what happened was <laughs> that as I was down in the hole, <laughs> she's trying to hold her tongue. As I was down in the hole, um, the guys were shooting like 500 yards away. So it was a long, long hose, you know, at least 200. Maybe I'm exaggerating with 500. It was long, long, long hose, at least 200 for sure. So picture a couple football fields. Yeah, a couple football fields long and down in the sewer, right? And there was no way to get out of it until about 200 yards down the road or down the, the sewer. And so what we would have to do in order to communicate is we'd have um, the guys down there would yell at us that were closer to where the the control unit was, which is called a hopper. And, and we would have a radio right at the bottom of the hole, and then that could go outside of the, the, um, where the sewer line was, and then they could communicate to turn things on and off from up there. And so, or stop shoveling or stop sending water, all those things. So what happened is all of a sudden it started raining, but it was like a flash flood. And so I was at the sort of higher end of the sewer, and those guys were working at the lower end. And so all of a sudden I hear run run <laughs> so i uh, and you could tell you could hear like you could see water starting to come in because all the drainage right all those little sewer lines that you when we were kids in the 80s used to go climb down where pennywise was you know and so <laughs> we we i just start booking it and i'm in my waders you know so you're like sloshing and i'm splashing and literally i'm running i'm running i'm running and then at the end it was kind of this drop-off point and then there was a ladder where you could get back out of the hole and all the other guys were closer so they were already out of there and i like jump and i maybe i'm maybe i'm you know indiana jonesing this a little too much probably 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 i felt like i was going to die the water was very high i i you know i literally had to like jump for the drowning in sewer water would be ooh, yeah I mean, not a good way to die pretty nasty yeah yeah, that might be my next interesting thing. Um, but uh, so I grab, I get out of the hole, but I almost drowned in a sewer. So that's my... I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad I didn't either. That was before we decided to get married, I think. Yeah. So anyways, that's my interesting story for today. Now on to... That's a little out of control, right? Okay. Yeah. On that theme. Okay. So why, first of all, why are we talking about this and out of control? What, is, what does this have to do with the life or feeling out of control? Parenting? Yeah. Oh, I think you often feel out of control when you're a parent. Yeah. Because you have humans that you're trying to guide and raise, and they have minds of their own. They definitely do. They definitely do. And I think, you know, we always talk, there's no there's no um, rule book or there's no manual for kids. And no. so it's, it's... I've looked. There's not. There's not. So it's this question. It becomes this question, and I think that... I've always been super fascinated with human psychology and how the mind works. And some of that's come from... Annoyingly so. Yes, you have. <laughs> Sometimes I've I can a... appreciate it now. Yeah. I've spent a little too much time therapizing Molly without a therapy degree. But mm -hmm. 
we've learned how to communicate better. I've yeah. learned that I wasn't the one to influence you. So that's another talk, another <laughs> conversation. But um, so, so in raising kids, I think, you know, one of the th fascinations for me in really trying to learn how to be a good parent is, is trying to understand humans and how we work and why we work and what we do, why we do what we do. But um, specifically kids, like there's a multiple stage there where we really have a tremendous opportunity to have some impact on who they become. Yeah. And I, you know, in the conversation of nature versus nurture, what are your thoughts? Is it all nature? Is it all nurture? Oh, I, I don't think it's all one or the other. Yeah, it's pretty it's clear. Like Our kids are very like Tyler is very, very disciplined on his own. He's more like you mm -hmm. and his precision, the desire to be perfect, to win, to be yeah. right. He has some of those traits that his kind of guarding of his emotions. He does guard his emotions. Benny is a little bit more like me. Super creative. Mm -hmm. Forgetful. Yes. Very artistic. Yes. Thinks outside the box. Very much. Very outside the um, box. Sensitive to people's super feelings. Super sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. He's even more so than I am, I would say. I would agree. <laughs> and Nick's our cuddle bug. He's he's totally different personality. Kind, you yeah. know, just super generous, loves people, loves smiling, loves joking around. He's got a lot of your wit in him. Yeah, he does. He's pretty funny. He is funny. He's really funny. Um, so, so definitely nurture or na nature exists, mm -hmm. but nurture nur is really important. Yeah. Nurture to me has the ability to, well, you nurture those inherent personality traits in each of your kids. And mm -hmm. so, yes, all those personality traits exist right now, mm -hmm. but if they had been nurtured differently, they would probably show up differently. Yeah. Maybe some in a less empowering way. Well, I think we recognize that some of the lesser quality traits in our kids come from the lesser qualities, that, yes. especially in Tyler being and the oldest. And of how we Yeah, because he those. grew up when we were the, the, the least good parents. You will inevitably screw up your first one the most. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And because you're learning, right? And so, so for us, we were least effective in our parenting. So with if you don't them. have kids right now. Yeah. Good time to start learning start. these things. Yeah, we're going to give you some some super tips, hacks for parenting. Uh, so why so why are we talking about this as far as out of control? Is because if it, it, there's no area in life where you feel more out of control than trying to control another person, yeah, another human, yeah, right, and it doesn't work, so you shouldn't do it. <laughs> well, and that's kind of this is kind of our point, right? And so some of the ways that we try to control our kids is by teaching them things. Yeah, right. And we may not call that control, but and having expectations yeah. that you project onto them, right? And so, um, so some of the things I think that we were taught, or or that see, still have merit. Let's talk about some of the things that people think are the most important things to teach your kids. Okay. All right. So, what are what's like what comes to mind first for you? Um, obedience. Yes, obedience. That is a big. Just obey me. Just obey me. It, life would just be easier if you just obey me. I already have this figured out. I've lived more life than you. Just, tr just, just obey me because I know what you're going to deal with if you don't. Right? I think that's a default for a lot of us as parents. Mm -hmm. And if if there's one thing that you've probably learned from me mm -hmm. is that people don't like feeling controlled. Yes. And being told what to do. Yes, I have very much learned that people don't like it when you try to control them <laughs> okay good job <laughs> so uh 
obedience is one, right? Mm-hmm. Another one, we're not going to go into great detail on all these. What's another one? Hard work. Hard work, right? Like the most important thing is teach your kids how to work hard because if they can work hard, then that, you'll have success. Yeah. Which I, my parents taught me that. I mean, I remember, you know, my dad, very relatively successful, and we were out there, you know, putting our own lawn in because my dad wanted to teach us hard work, right? Mm-hmm. And I always worked as a kid. I worked like three jobs my senior year in high school. Now, my parents didn't tell me to do that, but I was trying to save up for certain things I wanted in life. And so so for me working, we we had chores to do at home. And um, even though my parents could have paid for a maid and, and probably even did somewhat, but, you know, we I did my own laundry, like, and, and I was grateful. Like, I'm actually really, really grateful. There's a lot of value. There's in a lot of value in hard work, right? So we're, we're going to, we want to acknowledge these things and then we'll maybe discuss why we think the one we think is the most important is the most important. So go ahead. Okay. Um, be kind. Kind. What, what are your thoughts on that? Your, your family actually, I feel like had like, well, maybe, maybe that's a different one that I would say. Well, I think that can, you can lump that in with being kind, mm-hmm. non-judgmental. Non-judgmental. Your family is like so Just non-judgmental. Loving the person for who they are. Yeah. That's, I always felt that from your mom and dad. I love that. Yeah. No superiority. Right. That was not something that was effectively taught in our family. <laughs> I had to beat it out of you. Yes. Yes. A little <laughs> bit. A little bit. Our therapy. Being, being kind is important. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Having good manners. Yeah. I think this is important to me more than you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the manners and appropriate guy. Which is so funny for our personality types because you'd think that you'd be the one that's more... I don't have bad manners. I just... Sure. Place more importance on some <laughs> than others. Okay, we'll leave that right there. Okay. And then I have one more, serve. Like service. Serving serving others. Yeah. 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 I think that's Looking important. for ways to help. Ways to help. Yeah. I think a few others that people really value is, is intelligence, like getting educa- being education, being smart, making good grades. Yeah. Getting good grades is something that people really value in their kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, obviously, um, there's consequences to choosing not to get good grades, but some of us, like that was a real struggle for me. Like, I mean, I got okay grades, um, until college when I had a 1.4 grade point average, but got my act together later. Well, not really sort of got my act together, but, um, Crazy enough, became an entrepreneur and owned an education company. Um, you know, so it's, it's somehow I think school it all works and out. education can be different. Can be different. That right? could be a totally different podcast. Sure, maybe we'll talk about that one another time. So, so what is it? So, what's the one thing that we think is most important, and why is it more important than the other? So, let's start with what is the one we think that's most important. Drum roll. Is that a pretty good one? Yeah. Okay. It's decent. Okay. Trust. Trust. Trust us? No, trust yourself. Yeah, yeah. So this was something that I think um, we had a friend one time that asked us why, or, you know, he recognized sort of this relationship with our kids and even how they, I don't want to say the word behave because it's not like a behavior. It is a behavior. Behavior is just the actions in which we portray our belief systems, Mm -hmm. right? But, but. The, the sort of air and, and way that they carry themselves, right? And they're not perfect. Like, we don't have perfect kids, and we're not here to present our kids because heaven knows what's going to happen with them, right? Like, heaven yeah. knows that they're, they're not perfect. They're not. That's and so, and we don't, awesome. definitely don't want to put any sort of pressure on them to feel that way. That was something you dealt with yeah. growing up where you made a, you, you had a story in your head that you had to be perfect. Yeah. And that really didn't necessarily come from your parents, but. Yeah, that's, that's a whole. I could, we can go through another yeah. conversation on that. 
But when, when I look at the thing that I want my kids to leave this house with, if they're smart, that's great. If they're not that smart, because some of us aren't, you know, then that's fine. Then that, then can they still survive? Well, I, you know, I know a lot of not super crazy smart entrepreneurs, at least not intelligence. Like there's, there's, their intelligence level may not be that high. Um, I know other guys that are super intelligent, but they're miserable, right? So, so smart is good, but it's not the end all be all. I know guys that work hard their whole lives and that doesn't mean they're going to be successful. They may or may not be successful, right? Some, some guys work hard. They don't make a lot of money, but they have a happy family. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's great. Right. Other guys work well, hard and they're me- miserable because they never feel right. like success is measured in different, in different ways, ways. Right. So, so to me, as much as hard work is, would be probably a top five for me with my kids. I want them to know how to work hard. In fact, I love that they both work a job now at 16 and 15 years old. That's really cool. Um, but for me, what happened with me is I think that what parents were taught in the last generation is teach your kids the principles and teach your kids that you're the boss. Right. And that was even yeah. a little residue from the previous, right? Maybe the, this, this war generation where there was admirals and generals and follow command and whatever that, that the war generation that was, you had to survive that way, right? That was survival in the, in the military. And mm-hmm. then that got carried on into how people were in their families. And then that kind of got carried around on generationally. And we're kind of in this next generation where we're kind of going, well, uh, you know, this whole, like I'm the boss and you're the employee or I'm the boss and you know, you need to follow what I do and trust me. And I'm the, I've got all the answers. Ha- didn't really work real well. Like, well, at some point you have to learn how to trust yourself because no one else is going to live your life for you. And that, that's, that's really the whole point here, right? Is that when you look at it, yeah, I may have answers that you don't have because you haven't lived as much of life or had as much of experience, right? Math teacher is going to know more than the math student, right? So there's value in mentorship and in, in providing understanding for people. But, but when I looked at my kids, I realized that the deficiencies I had is I left my house not trust. I trusted my parents. I trusted they knew what they were doing. I trusted they, you know, now I questioned it just like every other kid does, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I was always nitpicking, but the reality is under the nitpicking was I, I, you, you have it figured out, right? Like there was, there was, there's this place where we give up ourselves and, and what we think to be what our parents want us to be. I don't know if I felt that way. Well, there's some situations where you made, where you chose things because of, yeah, I defaulted defaulted to what your parents wanted versus mm-hmm. what you really wanted. Yeah. Right. And I, and this is not a blame game for our parents. Once again, our parents were doing the best they could with what they were taught as well. But I think this generation, it's time for us to realize that, that this idea of teaching our kids that the one person they can trust is us is really about our ego. Yeah. Why? So why do you think we, why do we, what are your, what are your thoughts on why we default to that mode? Um, for control, one for control mm-hmm. to have your kids do what you want them to do when you want them to do it, um, in the name of making life easier. Well, and, and, and as little kids, that's kind of how it is, right? Like, it's not like you just go three-year-old, oh, I trust you, pick dinner, out. like, that's fine, whatever you want. I mean, some parents do that, I guess. Like, where do you want to go? And then they go to four different places. We kind of slipped into that a little bit, right? So, <laughs> so like, on one hand... There's a need. There's greater need well, when kids you, are little. I think, I think you still need to guide 
your children. You right. provide guidance. It's yeah. not like you just step back and be like, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Trust yourself and make all the choices all on your own. Right, right. I think you there's you baby step along the way. Yeah. One of the things we did a little different, I think, than what my parents did is we, like my parents, it was almost like if it's inappropriate for kids, it's inappropriate for adults. And we've kind of said, no, there are there's adult things. Stuff. Yeah. And then there's kid things. And there's even kind of little kid things, right? Like, so as our kids get older, it's like, yes, we do think we watch movies that we don't encourage you to watch. When you're a five-year-old, we don't think you should watch the same movie that we watch. Right. So one, you wouldn't be as entertained or understand it. But two, there's just certain things that are more pr- appropriate for life, right? Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's okay to start to teach our kids the levels of sort of appropriate exposure to things, right? right. A kid, a, a three-year-old being exposed to a whole bunch of swearing may not be of a lot of service. Maybe horrible for them, but it, 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 it may not be something that really serves them if they're going to go try to function in a kindergarten class and, you know, be swearing all the time. So, yeah. so... Uh, to me, there's giving them the ability to see that there's stages of, of access mm-hmm. to information or, or actions or things. But I think within that, you can uh, give them opportunities to make choices for themselves. Yeah. And I, I remember um, a situation where one time, Tyler, you know, we were trying to teach principle of honesty. I don't know that this is this is... Well, I think it is in line with where, where they find trust in themselves. But And Tyler's friend came over, and he lied to her about whether or not he could play. And I was kind of sitting in the other room, and I heard it. And so he kind of said, oh, we, we, are not, we, we can't play right now. Something else is going on. But really, he just didn't want to play. And, um, and I said, so I had him come in, and I said, you know, hey, how, how do you feel? What, what, what just happened? And he said, well, I, I told her we're, we're not allowed to play right now. And I was like, well, why, why'd you tell her that? He's like, well, I didn't feel like playing with her right now. And, and I was like, okay, um, well, was that honest? He was like, no, now this is really an interesting conversation, right? Cause like we teach our kids not to hurt other kids feelings. Right. So it's not like I wanted my kid to be like, Hey, I don't like playing with you. <laughs> right. So teaching my son how to be boundaried but live inside of integrity with people was what I was trying to teach him, right? And so I said, you know, well, how do you feel right now now that you lied to them? And he's like, oh, I don't feel very good. Now, maybe some of that not feeling good was shame from me calling him out, right? But, but I, I honestly believe that he already felt that, right? And as he just paused to reflect on it, he could get more in tune with, with what his truth was, and I said, okay, well, what, you know, what, what could you have said that would be in line with your truth and what you really wanted? You know, and I didn't speak in this exact language. He was like an eight-year-old, so whatever, but an eight-year-old language. And he was like, well, I guess I could have told her that um, I feel like playing by myself today, but maybe we can play another day. And I was like, yeah, that's a, that was great. That would be really honest, right? It was, it's those kind of moments, I think, where we teach our kids to trust themselves yeah. And what they're doing. Well, I think when you give your kids the opportunity to do that, mm-hmm. um, and you can kind of, oops, sorry, help point that out, mm-hmm. um, as they begin to trust themselves, there's more trust in you as their parent to help guide them. Yeah. Because yeah. they feel like, oh, my parents trust me that I trust myself. Yes. That's the ultimate goal. 
right? And I think this is the journey. Now, I think there's levels still. Like we have certain things, like we have screen time on our kids' phones and certain things like that. And But we've tried to do it in a way that it's not so much about we don't trust you to use your phones appropriately. One, we are trying to help you be within certain boundaries of appropriateness and make that easier to be in that while your brain's developing. Um, but we make that more and more available to them as they get older, especially yeah. as they start to get from 14 to 16. Cause I think they, what a lot of parents do is especially conservative parents is they hold their children, you know, in their reins and until it's time for them to go off to college. And then they're like, all right, good luck. Now keep doing all the good things that we've taught you. Right. And your the, opportunity to have direct influence in your kid's life has been diminished past. yeah because if they live away and go to college in a different state then or even down the road yeah then yeah or or you know at some point they're like you do start giving them access and if you're not there to navigate that so to me it's it's really valuable to navigate and have those conversations with them and and when they make mistakes which our kids have yeah to be there in a place of I think the biggest challenge for us as parents is that we want to, I think it's natural for us to feel like we've had our kids do some things that affected other people's kids mm -hmm. and that feels bad. Like we feel bad that their kids are suffering because of our kids' decisions, right? And, but to me, that, that opportunity was to, if I got caught up in that, I'm like, you made me look bad. You know how this looks on our family? you know, or then even do kid. the preventative thing, like don't do this because that's going to make our family look bad, then the relationship shuts down. Right, because then they feel like, well, that's all dad cares about is looking good. Yeah. And so, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to share a, yeah, go ahead. another story about giving them choices mm -hmm. and um, trusting them. Oh, I got a good story on this. <laughs> um, I'll make mine quick. No, so take as long as you want. this year for homeschool, I created... Um, a spreadsheet schedule for each boy mm -hmm. and I did it week by week mm -hmm. and not day by day. Right. So they are learning how to trust themselves and scheduling their life, how much they want to do school on one day versus, you know, if they want to spread it out or if they want to clump it all together and how that works in their schedule with work. Um, so what you're saying is instead of them having things to be done each day, they have a group of things they need to get done by the end of each week. Yes. And they can do that, those things all in one day, or they could do them spread out over all five days or do them three days. Okay. So just, yeah. So they can learn how to trust themselves and managing their time, which is important because yeah. when they move out, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm really glad you did that. I didn't, I didn't even see the value in that like the need for that. And that was, that was awesome. Cause I think I, I've noticed them, especially Benny, being super responsible with how he manages his time, which he's going to be the one that probably struggles most with time management being most like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool to, to watch him thrive on that. But Tyler too. And Tyler, Tyler interestingly kind of does a little ebb and flow mm -hmm. for as disciplined as he is, but he also has a lot more on his plate. So, um, as you're looking, Oh, I was going to tell the story about, um, choices. So when we were kids, we, we loved the, when, when our kids were little, we liked the uh, love and logic trainings, which is kind of like teaching your kids how to make choices. And we're a big believer that this is also part of trust is teaching kids how to trust their decision-making. Um, and, and so when my, when we were little, we would always teach our kids rather than being like, Hey, you need to go to bed right now. Three, two, one, or you're going to get a spanking. It was like, all right, you have a choice. You can either choose to 
go to bed right now and I'll read you a book or you can choose to try to stay up and complain and you'll go to bed without a book. Which one do you want to choose, right? And so it was, you know, they get to choose and they're learning to make choices. And and and, and well, it's I, bedtime and do you want to brush your teeth first or read the book first? Yeah, okay. That's a good one, yeah. And and because I, I know that could somewhat be manipulative. So I don't, you know, there was, there's probably a balance. I probably did it wrong sometimes. And right sometimes. But here's what's funny is one time Molly was having a hard day and the, the kid, Nick, Ben, or Tyler was probably four years old. Yeah. And we were. Ben was two. Two. And Nick didn't, Nick didn't exist. exist yet. And, and so we were sitting in the house and Molly was kind of having a hard day and we were about to go somewhere and I, I was trying to get her to go and she just was like, no, I'm, I'm mad at you. And, and so I was like, I don't know what to do. So I'm like, all right, well, I was like, I guess we're going to go. So we're walking out the door and Tyler looks over at mom and she's just kind of sitting there with her arms folded and he goes over to mom and he goes, mom, here's your chances. You can choose to go with us and have fun, or you can choose to stay. You can choose to stay home, which you choose. <laughs> <laughs> which I love about kids that they always throw what you teach them right back at you. Uh, but that's to me, I think one of the the you know moments that I've loved in parenting recently. Not, and I don't think we're perfect parents, but I think we're stri- like when you understand clearly, um, are uh, the priorities as a parent like that it's not about perfect parenting it's just about where am i going to lean and so I, I lean towards if there's a question my question is if there's something going on and i'm trying to figure out how to handle it my first question is always what should i do how should i be that would most lead to my kids trusting themselves more right and and so like when they do something bad it's not, oh, well, they, I need to come in and correct this. It's, okay, well, how do you feel about what you did, yeah. right? Well, I feel, usually they already know. They already feel like crap. I don't have to make them feel worse. So it's like, okay, well, what do you see as options? I don't know, Dad. I don't know. Okay. But if you did know, what would you know? They hate it when I do that. But no, but it's like, it's really sitting with them. Right. I can understand it. It's, it's confusing. This is a really tough situation. Um would you like me to explore some ideas with you or do you have some ideas on your own? Let's, let's explore some things like there, there's anything's possible. Let's say you were to take any sort of steps and let's look at the consequences of taking those actions. You hurt this person. You said something and it hurt this person, right? Which was a situation we had, right? I said, well, what could you do about that? And he's like, well, I guess I could, I guess I could go back and talk to them. Okay. And what would you say? And I role play with them. Like, okay, let's probably, I'll be her and you be you. Yeah. Right. And, and they give them a chance to, to practice trusting that they know what to say. And by doing that, I think we open up for kids the abilities to play. Because they, they, this is their first time at life. And that's the other thing we say to our kids mm-hmm. is that this is your first time being a 16-year-old. Guess what? It's my first time raising a 16-year-old. You know, And even with the third time, I'm still not going to be an expert. Yeah. Right? It's the first time I'm raising the third 16-year-old. Yeah. We only have three chances. <laughs> yes. So... So I don't have all the answers, but I trust you have the right answers in you. So how can I support you in finding those answers for yourself? Yeah. What are some of the results that you've seen with the kids as you've kind of worked with them on that? I mean, you mentioned the homeschool thing, how they're they're following their schedules better. Well, I think their confidence grows in themselves mm-hmm. when they feel like, oh, my parents trust me. I think there's it opens up more lines of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like our kids 
come to us more if they have a problem mm-hmm. and they want want advice. Yeah. I also feel like they one of the things I've really noticed, and I think you helped me because I, I think I was sort of a dad that like there was a right way of doing things. I grew up in a family. There was a right way to be. You lived up to your name, right? That was a big thing in our family. And I appreciate that. Like there was some good discipline and things that that helped. But I also think that there's some challenges in learning self-trust in Mm -hmm. that. And so um, like with my kid, like we have a kid who loves athletics, is, is, works really hard to be a good athlete, Mm -hmm. has fun doing it. Is he the best on the court or the field? No. Is he competitive? Absolutely. Um, Do we love watching him and celebrating him? Absolutely. At whatever level he performs at. Um, Our second kid would be an amazing athlete and could do anything he ever wanted to because he's super coordinated um, and is doing MMA and some things that work for being weight classes, but he's super small for his age. And so for him, right, I think one of the things I've loved is that the way that we've encouraged our kids that they can do anything, um, that they accept the reality of where they are, which is kind of what we talked about last Mm -hmm. week. So, hey, if you're... 80 pounds and five foot as a 15 year old sophomore. Yeah. You're probably not going to play on the basketball team. Right. doesn't mean you can't go play junior jazz basketball, which they were playing last night. And, and he was kind of having a moment where he he's was a like, freshman. Oh, he's a freshman. That's all right. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, but, but he was having a moment. I was like, dad, I'm just not big enough. Right. And I was like, Benny, trust yourself, man. You know, two years ago, you used to play with adults and steal the ball all the time. What's different now? Like these guys aren't any, even any bigger. You just trust yourself, right? That, that was really all that was lacking on the court. And he, he changed the moment. We were down by four and he had a steal and then a pass that lit his team up and somebody else made the baskets, but he shifted the energy of the game by trusting himself. And that was to me, that was awesome. Like that's the greatest thing. I think as parents, Mm -hmm. um, one of the hardest things to do, Mm -hmm. but it, it leads to helping your children trust themselves is letting go of your expectations you have for your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like don't project what you want for them. Right. Right. Which I, I struggle with because I am so driven and want them to succeed and want them to experience. And so I, I think I'm doing better in the last year or maybe two, but mm-hmm. early in our lives, I really wanted my kids to find out. I think, so, so I think part of it that's underneath that is I didn't trust myself and I didn't trust how far I could push myself. And so one of the things I've done is I've tried to push my kids to see how powerful their bodies are, see how strong and how, how far they can push themselves. And so that was along the lines. I don't know that I always did it in the healthiest way. I was trying to find that balance, but it was along the line. There was something there, a seed that I now seed clearer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember our kids, you know, rock climbing with family and they climbed as high as kids three or four years older than them. Cause they were, they, they trusted that they could do something, you know, hard and difficult. Yeah. Well, I, I look at, um, our youngest Nick mm. and he is not big into organized sports. He, yeah. he tried football one year and didn't like it, yep. didn't love it. He stuck through the whole season and completed it. But, um, so we, we could be the parents that are like, no, like, Organized sports are, are good. Yeah. They teach you things. But instead, you have the opportunity as a parent to, you know, ask your kids questions and help them figure out, well, what's something active that you think you would enjoy doing? And he loves skiing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. What are some of the questions that if someone's trying to build more trust with their kid, 
Maybe they haven't. Maybe they haven't been trusting their kid. They've been sort of micromanaging or managing their kid. How do they move from control and command model of parenting to a helping them build trust in themselves model? What are some questions they could ask their kid to help? Well, I think first off is learn how to listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Learn how to just be present with your child and listen to them. Yeah. I think, I think we're kind of built in a society like, like, uh, I want to do what I want to do. Right. I want to talk about me. And a lot of parents are just like, "Let, let me tell you about me. And there's no room to hear their kids and they're exhausted. They're tired. They're taking their kids all over the place. And so, um, sometimes you may have a lot of kids. Yeah. And so it's, it is hard to do that, but if you can find 10 minutes, even just, you know, once every three days with each kid to just act. Now, what I found is like with, with Tyler, I'll be like, Hey, how was football? Oh, good. Right. Even, even him, right. Who's who communicates. And so sometimes I have to ask is, is today just not the day doesn't mean I stop asking, right? Because I think some parents go, well, yeah, I've tried that. My kids don't talk to me, right? So it's like, what do you, what do you think about that? No, I, I think sometimes it's just you can tell he's not in the mood. It's not the right day. Because sometimes I'll ask, oh, how was track? And he'll go into this whole long thing, yeah. how track was. So other days, if you do this consistently, so that's the first thing I would say is, is ask the questions and be okay with whatever shows up. But if you keep asking and you ask in your heart, am I being curious? Am I just doing this to, to walk the walk or do what Matt and Molly are saying on that podcast? Or am I, do I really, am I really curious about how my kid is doing? Not for me, not so I can feel okay as a parent, mm-hmm. but for them and, and to understand what they're going through in their life. Yeah. And if we can do that, then we create a space for them to start to open that communication when they're ready. Yeah. Right. Um, I would also say, um, when we talk to our kids about like, you know, kind of the big important things in their life and big decisions they might have down mm-hmm. the road, um, and then can be applied to, you know, smaller choices you are confronted with. But I, um, like to, uh, tell, like talk to the boys and, and share that when they're faced with a decision, to first ask yourself, well, you know, if you make a choice, like, why do I want to make this choice? Yeah, this is good. And what do I want to experience from this choice? Yeah. So the intention you're bringing, and then that will help them learn how to make choices that, you know, are best for themselves and help them reflect instead of, well, mom and dad said, um, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this ever. Yeah. So I'm just not, I'm just going to white knuckle it and. Yeah. And be good until I leave the house and then I have freedom. Well, cause there's a, there's a nature in us of exploration in life. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so the problem is if, if our nature is to explore, but our default is to trust mom and dad, but mom and dad don't want us to explore certain things. When we cross into exploring those things, we can't talk to mom and dad because mom and dad has already told us that we shouldn't have been exploring there. Right. So you cut off a line the of communication, communication with your kids and they, don't trust you that you trust them them trusting themselves. Yeah. But if, if it's like, Hey, we know you're going to explore, here's some things to consider, not from a fear-based model, but from a, there are consequences to Mm -hmm. real actions and these kind of actions could lead to these kinds of consequences. So here's the things let's, we'll just talk to you about them. Frankly, you know, if you go drink alcohol with your friends and then you get in a car and you drive, 
there's a chance you could kill somebody, right? I'm not trying to scare you. It's just like, that's a thing. Now, mm-hmm. can you, is it possible for someone to drink and not become drunk? Yes. Is it possible for someone to drink and just be socially fine? Yes. At what age in life are you most capable for making those decisions? Well, you're probably more capable at an age in life where you're more mature. And your brain's developed. And your brain's developed, right? Does that mean that if you do that when you're younger, we think you're evil of the devil and and need to, um, quote unquote, repent? Well, I don't, I don't believe so. I think that what that means is that you made a choice and there's some consequences there. Now, if you make that choice and then you make some other choices and you end up getting a girl pregnant, then those are consequences. And that's not the end of the world. We, we could deal with that. I've told my kids straight up, if you get your girl pregnant, we can, we can deal with that. Do I think that's the best, you living your best life, getting a girl pregnant at 16 or 17 years old? No, but I have, I have a friend who that happened and they have a very happy family. And so I don't think that's their best life. I would like them to choose differently, but I'm here more to help them make decisions, understand and see potential consequences and be empowered to lean into me with support for whatever decisions they do make. Yeah. I think the one um, theme in parenting is consistency. Yeah. It's just when you find something that works, Mm -hmm. you guys have to do it over and over and over and over again. Which we'll have to have a podcast on talking about maybe some specifics like how do we talk to your kids about things like drugs, alcohol, sexuality. So how do you help them to stay in healthy living situations Mm -hmm. around things that can provide, prevent or present challenge or risk to them? Yeah. Um, I think that leads to talking about integrity. Yeah. And so there's more to this conversation for, for sure. And if your kids constantly, if your kids, you know, stuck in a situation where they're on drugs or they're, they're addicted to heroin and they're, you know, out of, you know, they are in a place where they, they are, they've lost control of, of their life. Um, that's not what we're talking about. Trusting them to go, Oh, you know, it's all going to work out. And you, you know, and, and we're just going to watch you suffer. Um, I'm not, we're, talking, we're not talking about the extremes, the extremes. Yeah. But, but many, many kids, and especially if you start this early and they're 10, 12, 13 years old, by the time they're in the stages where those things become available to them and exposed to them, I really do believe it opens up a place where the decision-making becomes more effective mm-hmm. and, and they're doing it, but they're doing it because of their choice, not your choice as a parent. And that to me is how they live an empowered adult life is when they're calling you and they're like, Hey dad, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? I want to quit my job and I'm going to start a business. What do you think about this? Or I'm going to move to London. Yeah. And I'm going to try this or, you know what, mom and dad, like I'm struggling and I think I may need to get a divorce. Like all those hard things that could happen in in a, in a child's life. And it's like, Hey, we want to be here with you in that journey. And so, um, and that to me is what family, that, that is the essence of what family really can be about Mm -hmm. when we develop that with our kids, where we're supports for each other, we're strength for each other and none of us are here with all the answers we're just doing and living life together and as one of my good friends says we're just walking each other home so wow this was a longer podcast yeah you talked more i think so i talked a lot (laughs) okay we hope it was valuable for you and you enjoyed it if you did then leave us a review at all of the wonderful podcast locations and uh, come back for more. We are next going to talk about out of control 
and what teacher Harry Potter teaches us about yes. living with the out of controlness. So if you're a Harry Potter nut, this is your episode. If not, come back. We're going to talk more about parenting. We're going to talk more about even entrepreneurship, about life, and just the way we're navigating it and what we're learning, what we're doing wrong, and hopefully serve you in having a little bit more joy in the out of control. Thanks for all our out of control freaks for joining us. Yeah, we'll see you next time. All right. Good day, mate. Oh, I was going to say adieu. I bid you adieu. I bid you adieu. All right. Okay. <laughs> we'll work on that. It's time to wrap up, but next week is going to be amazing. And if you like the podcast, take a moment to rate and review. And you can do that on iTunes by simply going on the podcast that you're listening to right now. That episode right below that is the Out of Control podcast title. Click on that and then scroll all the way down to the bottom where it'll say, write a review. When you leave a review, we have a special gift we're going to give away to each week to one person with the funniest or best review. And once you leave a review, you're in the running for all future week's prizes.